Absolutely. So, I mean, when you have insomnia and chronic poor sleep, you're at an increased risk for numerous medical conditions like weakened immune system, high blood pressure, inflammation, you know, poor memory, and then like also obviously mental health problems like you have a higher risk for anxiety, depression, just like overall like irritability, of course, when you don't sleep well, you it's easy to not be in the best mood during the day. But like that being said, I I don't like to focus on those negative side effects like at all because what I really encourage people to do is to not worry about sleep so much. And like, unfortunately, a lot of the conversation around sleep is very fear-based because because of those negative side effects, like marketing companies and pharmaceutical companies, they try to play off of that. But all of those scare tactics, they really end up hurting us more than helping us because the more you worry about your sleep, the harder it's going to be for you to actually get more sleep. Welcome y bienvenidos to About Consent, the podcast that sparks conversations about creating consent culture, boundary repair, sexual empowerment, orgasm equality, and raising a new sexually conscious and consent-empowered generation. This is a safe, shame-free, judgment-free zone where both survivors and those who support survivors are welcome. I'm your host, Rosalia Rivera. This week's listener review spotlight is from Mariter Belas. Mariter says, raw, real, honest, hopeful. I so wish this podcast had been around when my children were growing up. It's about time we have these real, honest conversations with our children in any language, in any culture. Thank you, Rosalia. Well, thank you, Mariter. I really appreciate that you took the time to review and rate the podcast. It helps so many others find it and let them know what it is that we're talking about on this podcast. So the more that you describe what the podcast is about and what people can find on here, the more listeners will tune in. So I truly appreciate that you took the time and I want to thank everyone who posts reviews weekly. If you want to be the next one that gets a shout out, be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really does help get a wider audience to hear these conversations that are important, not just for survivors, but for everyone to listen to, because we're trying to create consent culture, right? So the more that you put this out there, the more that people will find it. So thank you so much, Mariter, and let's dive in to this week's episode. Sleep is truly a healing mechanism that we are born with that we need, but yet so many of us who are survivors have insomnia, have trouble sleeping due to unfortunate traumas in our histories that many times were things that happened at night for many who are particularly child sexual abuse survivors. And this was an ongoing kind of trauma that happened at night Abuse and sleep got joined together in our nervous system. And so unfortunately, many survivors experience insomnia and that lack of sleep can hinder our body's ability to function at its most optimal. And in order for us to even have the capacity to step into a healing journey, which most survivors 
have a fear of even stepping into because of all the things that can come up then the sort of can of worms that we're afraid to open if we don't have the resilience of our physical health our ability to have mental health of sleeping enough of feeling you know not so fatigued and tired and groggy and lethargic because we didn't sleep well and our bodies having that resiliency as well then it's even that much harder to step into a healing journey. So when I invited my guest, who I'm going to introduce in a second, to today's episode, I was really excited about the fact that this is what she focuses on. She has the ability to help others who are struggling with insomnia learn how to heal it, how to become sleepers, how to stop the insomnia habit that they've developed and really learn how to sleep again. So my guest, Meredith Loudon, helps struggling insomniacs around the world learn how to retrain their brains to fall asleep naturally again. As a former insomniac herself, she overcame 12 years of chronic sleep issues once she began to approach insomnia as a brain-based habit. Now using brain-based techniques that yield real long-lasting results, Meredith teaches her students how to regain control over their sleep and overcome insomnia for the rest of their lives, which is amazing. And I've actually just started her program. I'm excited to really transform my own sleeping habits to better ones. I don't consider myself as much of an insomniac anymore, although I have had issues <laughs> with this challenge um, that I sometimes feel like I overcome and other times I don't. So I want to deal with this once and for all. And so I'm excited to be working with her, but I'm also excited about this episode where she shares so many great ideas and tips and strategies and things that you can start to do right away and to also reshape your perspective on what insomnia is and how you can start to think about it so you can change your perspective as well. So without further ado, here is my interview with Meredith Loudon. I'm Super excited to have Meredith. I know people always say super excited, but I really am because I the topic of today is truly something that people underestimate as valuable and necessary. And I believe it is at the root of so many issues with our health and mental wellness. And so I really, truly am excited <laughs> to have my guest today, Meredith, who is going to uh, talk to us about sleep and healing from insomnia. Her business, Heal Insomnia from Within, which uh, I introduced earlier, is, I think, so important for everyone who battles with getting enough sleep and specifically with insomnia. And uh, as, again, I mentioned in the intro, this is so related to for survivors, particularly an experience that is related to how we can even step into healing. So I really am excited to have Meredith here with us today. Meredith, welcome. Thank you for being here. 
Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to just chat on this amazing platform you've created. And like you said, sleep is an issue for so many people. And whether you identify with having insomnia or just having trouble sleeping, either way, there's ways that we can work through that. And I really want to bring a new side to this conversation because I feel like it tends to be so focused on sleeping pills and drugs, but there's so many other ways that we can approach it as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. Well, yeah. And as you mentioned, some people don't even think that even if they do look at medication, sometimes they don't see it as an option and they just don't deal with it altogether. Like it's just not a a topic. And I know you're really passionate about it. When we spoke before uh, the episode, this is something that has affected you. And so I want to dive into just starting to talk about how you got started in helping people with insomnia. Like what, what's your origin story of, of dealing with this? It's funny because like just a couple of years ago, I was still struggling with insomnia and I didn't even consider that it would be possible for me to fall asleep easily every night because I had just thought that insomnia was a part of who I was essentially. And I just kind of like assumed that I was going to have trouble sleeping forever because I had been having trouble sleeping since I was in middle school, you know, around 11 or 12 years old is when the sleeping issues became a normal thing for me. And so as a kid, it's like you have trouble sleeping and you kind of, you don't really question it. You don't really know why. And so I've really, I had been dealing with insomnia for well over a decade and I never even really considered the idea that insomnia was something that I could literally heal from. And so the way that I was able to finally overcome my issues sleeping, it kind of happened by accident. I kind of just stumbled upon some information that ended up leading me down this rabbit hole of self-discovery. I got really into personal development and personal growth. And I've just been kind of on this journey for a while where I've been looking for ways to embrace my true self and feel comfortable in my own skin. And Throughout that process, I started reading and learning about the brain and neuroscience and how the brain actually works and how our subconscious mind really determines 95% of what we do every single day. And it's crazy. Yeah, (laughs) I I can just imagine. Well, and there's so much research that's been coming to light in, in the last, I guess, five to 10 years. And it is it is amazing. Like I've been studying some neuroscience that is just mind blowing the capacity that we have and also what we're not tapping into. So how does lack of sleep actually affect people, you know, in that way, like now that you've dug into the science? Absolutely. So, I mean, when you have insomnia and chronic poor sleep, you're at an increased risk for numerous medical conditions like weakened immune system, high blood pressure inflammation, you know, poor memory, and then like also obviously mental health problems, like you have a higher risk for anxiety, depression, just like overall like irritability, of course, when you don't sleep well, you it's easy to not be in the best mood during the day. Mm-hmm. But like that being said, I, I don't like to focus on those negative side effects like at all, because what I really encourage people to do is to not worry about sleep so much. And like, unfortunately, a lot of the conversation around sleep is very fear-based because, mm-hmm. because of those negative side effects, like marketing companies and pharmaceutical companies, they try to play off of that. But all of those scare tactics, they really end up hurting us more than helping us because the more you worry about your sleep, the harder it's going to be for you to actually get more sleep. Hmm. 
Interesting. That's uh, sort of that catch-22, right? Like you worry about sleep and then you can't sleep because you're worrying about not being able to sleep. <laughs> I know. And, and it's like, it just steers people in the wrong direction. And mm. I mean, they're marketed as like quick fixes. And like, of course, we would all love a quick fix. Like that would be great. But those are really just band-aids. Like I look at like sleeping pills or even like natural supplements. They're really, to me, just a distraction from what's mm. actually going on and from what the root cause of the issue actually is. And so like with insomnia, when all you focus on is what you can do at night to make yourself fall asleep faster, that to me is kind of ignoring the real reason as to why you're having a hard time sleeping to begin with. And like any of those quick fixes you try, it's just like putting a Band-Aid on the issue, but it's not actually going to get you any long-term results. Right, right. Interesting perspective on it because yeah, you're right. And my next question was going to be like, what are the negative side effects? Because a lot of times when... I mean, I was an insomniac for a really long time. I probably have a tendency to keep falling back into being an insomniac. And I've just kind of accepted, oh, I'm just a night owl. I'm meant to sleep. I'm meant to like, you know, stay up late. But then I also, you know, I have kids and I have to get up early and I have responsibilities and, you know, I have to run my schedule with the rest of the world. So as much as I want to say I'm a night owl, I'm still lacking the enough amount of sleep that I need to get. And so you just get into this cycle of like kind of accepting that you don't need enough sleep, but I've seen the side effects. Like I know when I get enough sleep, I wake up feeling like the most amazing person, like I can conquer the world, you know? And so I know yeah. I really should be getting more sleep, but I just, I'm at the point where I'm like, it almost feels like more work to try to figure out how to get more sleep. And at the same time, I know that there are other physical side effects. Like when I don't get enough sleep, I tend to get sick quicker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, like you said, you're just more irritable. So it's really hard to be a better parent when you're dealing with having to have patience and you're lacking it from not sleeping. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, when people come to you, what are they coming to you for? Like, what are the issues that they're experiencing that they finally have come to the point and say, like, I need help with this? Sure, absolutely. So like you mentioned, like you get sick easier, having a weakened immune system is super common. And I mean, there's all sorts of things. Like I speak with people who have chronic pain. They feel like they just kind of have like brain fog, like they can't really mm -hmm. focus, not they have poor concentration. And also just overall lower self-esteem, like because when you wake up feeling exhausted, you kind of it's like more work to try to, you know, stay positive and get yourself through the day and get through all of the things that we have to do in all of our busy lives. And unfortunately, sleep really can be one of those things gets put on the back burner because it can feel like such a hard thing to resolve. But I think it's just really important that people do make it a priority because of all of those negative side effects mm -hmm. that you can have if you have a lack of sleep for, you know, period like a long time. Like for me, I was dealing with poor sleep for over 12 years. This episode is brought to you by Consent Parenting my online platform for survivor parents to learn how to keep their kids safe from abuse. Did you know that children of survivor parents have a five times higher chance of being abused because survivor parents don't know or learn the tools needed to prevent abuse? They tend to overprotect instead of empower and prepare. You can change the statistics by becoming an educated parent. Get started by downloading my free guide, Seven Ways to Teach Your Kids About Body Safety, Boundaries, and Consent by going to aboutconsent.com forward slash guide. 
The link will be in the show notes to get your free copy today. Now let's get back to the show. And so what was your journey specifically to healing your own insomnia? Because now you work with people to help them heal. And it's going to be a two-part question here because I wanted to know, how did you figure out how to do it for yourself? And what did that heal for you? Like, how can sleep heal someone? Yeah, super great question. So yeah, going back to a little bit about how the brain works, basically, like 95% of what you do every day is happening on autopilot. And so I started looking at insomnia as a habit. And so if you think of insomnia as a habit, you know, anything that we do every day consistently on autopilot, that's the definition of what a habit is. And so if you're Mm -hmm. having consistent issues sleeping at night, that's basically your evidence that this is something that's happening on a deeper brain-based level. And it's through that understanding that I started applying these concepts about how the brain works and how habits are created. And I just started looking at insomnia differently than had I had in the past. And it wasn't until I started approaching insomnia this way and really focusing on the root cause of insomnia for me, of what's actually been happening on a subconscious level in my mind, was that I able to get to the point where I could fall asleep naturally again. Mm. And then when I, once I started to achieve this for myself, I started wondering if I could help other people do it too. And so that's when I just started reaching out to some friends that I knew, you know, people at my yoga studio, I'd heard they had trouble sleeping. And then I just wanted to see, can I get them the same results? And the process that I had used was also working with them. And so that's how I sort of got on this track of helping other people, because I knew if I could do it for myself, I had to be able to help at least one other person. Mm-hmm. And so on that note of, you know, how sleep can heal for you, I think a part of this conversation really needs to go into the direction of sleeping is a natural human instinct. We were all born with the ability to fall asleep. And so the fact that you're having trouble sleeping now kind of that can kind of help you get down into that root cause of, okay, what was happening in your life around that time when sleep started becoming difficult for you? And because the way the brain works is it takes your life experiences, and then it starts to automate certain behaviors so that it's easier for you to go about your day consciously, not having to consciously think of every single little move that you're going to make. Mm -hmm. And so with insomnia, what happens is that your brain can start to view not sleeping as more beneficial to you than sleeping, which sounds totally messed up and totally backwards. Mm -hmm. But that's like one of the things that's really important to understand as part of the healing process. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. So essentially, your brain is trying to help you, but it's doing it wrong. <laughs> it's doing it wrong. It like it programmed to something that was a benefit for you at one time and it's now applying it to your current life where it might not be applicable anymore. Mhm. So that's like that's one of the huge things is insomnia was beneficial to you at some point, at least from your brain's perspective. Otherwise, your brain wouldn't have created that habit. Right. And so part of the process is really looking at insomnia as something that was there to help you initially because it's it it essentially is a survival mechanism. Right. Fight, flight, or freeze response. And so for me at night, I have ruminative thoughts, I'm constantly thinking, I can't calm myself down to where I'm in a position to actually be able to fall asleep. And so it's when that's happening to you or whatever you experience when you can't fall asleep, it's kind of taking a step back and detaching yourself from whatever feelings you're having and whatever thoughts you're having and saying, huh, like maybe 
my brain is doing this because it thinks it's protecting you right now. Okay, why is that? And then also just reminding yourself and reinforcing the idea that I am safe right now. I can fall asleep. It's okay for me to close my eyes and go to bed and I know I'll be fine tomorrow. It's just, you got to like reverse, like reverse engineer that process that you're bringing. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you're retraining your brain in a sense and putting in a different program that is going to benefit you in the now versus in where, you know, how it got programmed at whatever point your insomnia started. Exactly. Because our brains already know how to fall asleep, right? And so there has to have been some catalyst, some trigger, you know, some event that caused the brain to want to keep you up at night instead Mm -hmm. of letting you fall asleep. And like this can happen from so many different things. It can be from trauma, like varying levels of traumatic experiences, but it can also be from things in your life that aren't traumatic at all. Like, for example, if in college you stayed up studying really late every night, your brain could just start Mm -hmm. to develop like that habit of being awake at night. And then you kind of just get stuck in that, like that cycle, but it's not permanent. You can retrain your brain to do what you want it to do, but it just takes reinforcing the right ideas and repetition of certain activities that can actually train your brain to slow down and to, for your body to relax at night. And then that's how you start developing that skill of sleeping again. Cause sleeping is a skill. Like you can learn it, you can relearn it because as humans, we already know how to fall asleep. And so it's just reinforcing that idea. Yeah, that's interesting because I've always had, and I'm sure that other people may resonate with this too, that, I mean, there's been sort of, I guess, research or theories about our, is it called the circadian rhythm? Yeah, circadian rhythm. Where, yeah, so you're, some people are more like, they have different wake sleep cycles or something to that extent. Where, you know, for me, when I read that, it was like, oh, okay, so I am supposed to be up at night. But the more that I, like, as I've aged, and I've realized, actually, I do need a lot more sleep, like, it doesn't fit with that idea for me, because ultimately, I would love to be an early riser. I feel like I get so much more accomplished when I get up earlier, especially earlier than my family. (laughs) Um, And have, you know, that like, quiet time to be able to focus on things. But if I, in my mind, tell myself like, well, I'm a night owl, so like just kind of deal with it. And then I want to get up earlier. Like it just doesn't allow me to make bigger changes in my life that are going to be healthier for me ultimately. And also just like he, you know, I've realized for me, and I still battle with this, like it's, it's sort of ongoing, but I've realized for me that uh, even with my kids, if they lack one hour of sleep for whatever reason, it just really throws them out of whack. And so I imagine that that's most people. And what do you feel is the amount of time that people should be sleeping? Like, how does someone diagnose that they are an insomniac? Is it that you're like up until three in the morning? Or is it only that you're just lacking a certain amount of sleep? Like, what are the specific symptoms, I guess, if someone was to try to self-diagnose? Sure. Yeah. So I love that you brought up the whole circadian rhythms and like the concept of how some people are night owls and some people are like early risers because it's true. Like what we tell ourselves is usually tends to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so when it comes to like needing a certain amount of hours of sleep, I really just go based off of how do you feel, um, Mm. not necessarily the number of hours. So if you feel okay, like I know that there's times when maybe I wake up in the middle of the night and I feel really awake. Well, hey, maybe I slept enough and I'm totally, you know, I'm good to go. So I really just based off of, you know, intuitively, like, how are you feeling? But even more than that, 
I think it's so important to emphasize that don't worry, like try not to worry about how much sleep you're getting because the more you count the hours and the more you focus on worrying about whether you got enough sleep or not enough sleep, it's just putting too much attention on sleep itself, which can end up inhibiting the quality of your sleep and your ability to fall asleep easier. So I know it sounds kind of backwards, but like Mentally, I just try to remind myself and reinforce the idea that it doesn't matter how many hours of sleep I get because I just know that I'm going to feel great in the morning anyway. And even if I don't feel great in the morning, it's just reinforcing the possibility that I can feel great in the morning. Hmm. And like really mentally detaching yourself from needing sleep so badly is actually going to help you because the more you worry, the harder it's going to be. And I mean, if you think about it, if you're counting the number of hours in the morning, okay, or at night, this is like, I, this is what I used to do at night. And this is what so many people do as well is you look at the clock and you notice what time it is and you see, okay, now it's midnight. Now I'm only going to get six hours of sleep. And then you start thinking about that, but that doesn't <laughs> help you fall asleep any faster. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I actually have an app on my phone or actually it's part of my because I have an iPhone. So it's actually part of the phone like clock where you can put in the time that you're going to go to sleep and when you wake up and it'll remind you on a regular night, like you should go to sleep by this time so that you have enough, you know, so you've got seven hours. Yeah. And so I would like the days that I wouldn't get enough sleep, I would feel bad about the fact that like, oh no, it's only saying I'm going to get, you know, five hours. And so I would end up worrying and then be up longer. And yeah, so it's so funny that you say that because it's so true. And it sounds like a lot of this is is really a lot of psychology, right? Like it's a lot of being able to shift your thinking and your perspective and what you tell yourself so that you can reprogram your brain, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because those sleep apps are like meant to help us because they want us to get in bed at the right time so that we do, you know, have at least, you know, however many hours you want to get of sleep at mm-hmm. night in the morning. And and I do think it's good to use those, you know, because what you do at night before going to bed is really, really important. I like always say like the last two hours before going to sleep, it's really important to really detach from your phone and social media and stop working and, you know, try not even to watch TV, just kind of read a book or relax because it's what you do right before going to bed that's going to I don't want to say it's going to determine, but at least in my life, what I do right before I go to bed essentially determines whether I have a hard time sleeping or not. So those timers on the phones, I like to use them in the sense that, okay, remind me two hours before I want to go to bed. And then at that time, I'll start to just, you know, detach from the day and focus on myself, but not read into it any deeper than that, you know, not worrying so much about the exact number of hours. Right. And so... You have a program where you are helping people learn how to do this. So how do you work with people who want to rid themselves of insomnia? Yeah, so I have a program. It's called the Sleep Success Method. And inside my program, I walk you through a three-step process. And this process is really to holistically tackle insomnia from all angles. And so the first part of that is focused on what you do to actually retrain your brain to fall asleep. How do you actually do that? And there are certain things that you can do during the day and then also in the morning and at night to start retraining your brain to make sleep become 
natural for you again. And this involves, you know, certain things like strengthening the part of the brain that's actually responsible for falling asleep. Hmm. And I like to say that, you know, insomnia isn't just a nighttime problem. It's really, you have to approach it from an around the clock mindset. And so it's not just what you're doing at night to fall asleep. It's really how you're approaching your entire day. And so that's what this whole retraining concept is about. And, you know, that can involve things like meditation, for example, because meditation puts your brain into the same brain wave as when you're falling asleep. And so when you meditate, you're putting your brain into the right state of mind. And so then you're kind of training your brain to go back into that state easily over time, which can obviously help you at night when you want to fall asleep. So that's part of the process. And then on top of retraining, then we get into the root cause because insomnia is rooted in the subconscious. Anything that's a habit is happening subconsciously. And so I have a process for, you know, both identifying that root cause and releasing that subconscious block that's been really perpetuating insomnia in your life for however long you've been dealing with this. This is all about recognizing that insomnia was there to protect you and that you don't need it anymore and that it is safe for you to fall asleep easily again. And this is like a super important step. So that's step two. And Mm. then... Step three is all about your relationship with sleep and reframing that because as we have already kind of touched on is how you feel about sleep and how you think about sleep and how you talk about sleep is going to directly impact the quality of the sleep that you're getting. And so it's super important to create a new, healthy, positive relationship with sleep. And you have to do that before you'll start seeing the results. Because if you think about it, if you keep reinforcing the idea that I always have a hard time sleeping, I'm an insomniac, sleeping is really difficult for me, then what results do you think you're going to get? Like saying those things and perpetuating those ideas, they don't, the bottom line is they just don't help you get the result that you want. So instead, we want to reinforce the relationship with sleep that you want to have and start feeling that way now and start acting as if, you know, sleep's no big deal for you anymore. And so Mm -hmm. that's the third part of the process. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it, there's so, it, it's so true. There's so many different ways uh, that we unconsciously program ourselves to look at sleep. And perfect example for me even is that I lived for a very long time in what Kate Northrup calls a time poverty state, where I was always feeling like I was lacking time and I was behind on things and, you know, I wasn't very organized with my schedule. And so I was always feeling like I was behind the ball. And when it came time for sleep, I would almost resent the fact that I needed to sleep because I have so much to do because I didn't get enough done that day. And just that alone, like the stress of, oh my God, I need to be doing more right now. And I have to sleep because my brain literally is going to crash in a minute. I would actually resent having to sleep. And, you know, I've heard people even say like, I'll sleep when I'm dead or, you know, like there's all of these belief systems around the concept of sleep versus even my, my husband, for example, if he's really tired and he didn't sleep enough, like he refuses to even take a nap because again, like he's just got too many things to do and he feels like it's going to disrupt his sleeping later. But meanwhile, he's just like more and more tired. So you're right, there's so many beliefs that we have around sleep that we don't even consciously recognize. And that's during the day, like you said, all of these ways that we are dealing with it, like in the 24 hours, right? 
Yeah. So that's fascinating. And I, I love that it goes that deep to really like get at the heart of the matter. Cause like you said, insomnia is actually a symptom, right? Of, of a yeah. bigger. Exactly. And so I love that you brought up those beliefs, like I'll sleep when I'm dead or, you know, sleep is for the weak. Like there's so many of these societal, I don't know, perspectives that I feel like have become so normal. But like you said, like we have to sleep. But if we keep making sleep not a priority and thinking negatively about it and looking at it as something that's just taking up time as a, mm-hmm. and instead of something that's actually going to be benefit to us, that's not going to, it just at the end of the day, it doesn't actually help us achieve what we want to achieve, which is, you know, being healthy and getting enough sleep and being energized in the morning. So, yeah. well, and the irony is too that when I shifted the perspective of time, because now, Again, when I I got this from Kate Northrup's book uh, called Do Less, and she talks about time poverty versus time prosperity and the concept of realizing that we are in control of our time. Um, It's kind of the same feeling of knowing that, okay, I can get some sleep and be calm and consciously like just enjoy the luxuriousness of, you know, being able to have this sleep versus like resenting it. And The funny thing, again, the irony is that when I do get enough sleep, I wake up feeling like I'm rich, like I (laughs) like I'm wealthy in the fact that I was able to get rest and I feel amazing. And and it feels like really a luxury to be able to have that. Right. And I think that one of the biggest issues from even the perspective, I read a book a couple of years ago from Arianna Huffington called Thrive, I believe. And she talks about how sleep deprived we are as a culture. And most people wear it almost as a badge of honor, particularly moms, I think, when they are like sleep deprived. Because I mean, there's few things that we feel like we're doing right when we have a newborn. But we're mm-hmm. like, well, you know, we're, we're sleep deprived. And of course, like it's really hard to do anything. And you know, we we expect people to give us grace because of the fact that, you know, we have a, a baby who's not sleeping well. And so we kind of default go into this habit of not sleeping. And I think for anyone who is a survivor, who is a mom, who has gone through all of this, they just get like stuck in this idea that this is it for life now. Like you're... Yeah, so true. Yeah, like you're just, that's it. You know, you're a mom, so you're expected to not get sleep. Do you get to work with moms? Like, is that something that because they have, they had kids that were little and now they're older, like that's part of what gets them stuck? Has that been part of it too? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, as a mom, your sleep schedule is totally thrown off because your child's waking up, you know, very, you don't know how long your baby's going to sleep really. And so you kind of are at their whim when, and you, you end up sacrificing your own sleep because of it, of course, because you're a mom. And so that's something that can definitely, your brain can kind of get used to that or it can start making, you know, sleep harder for you because you've had such inconsistently with your sleep cycle at some time. But what I really like to recommend is that when you can't sleep um, or you're having a hard time sleeping, meditation is a really good substitute for sleep. So Mm. like when you meditate, you can get your brain waves into the actual same state as if you were asleep anyway. And so if you find yourself like having a hard time sleeping one night, try to take like 10 to 20 minutes during the day or at least in the morning right when you wake up to just to listen to a guided meditation audio or to just listen to some like 
relaxing music. I like to use binaural beats. You can look that up on YouTube. There's tons of like binaural beats, like audio tracks and just put mm. some headphones in, close your eyes, breathe and listen to that. Because like you said earlier, when you feel while rested, you wake up feeling like you're rich, like you can do anything, like you feel so good about yourself. And I notice that the same thing happens to me when I meditate. After I meditate, if I was like struggling really hard to like get some project done or get something completed, what I do now is I stop and I meditate for like 15 minutes. And then afterwards, I finish the task in like 30, in like five minutes. Like mm, it's yeah. really amazing. And so if no one, if some of your audiences hasn't meditated before, I would really recommend starting with like a guided meditation audio, which is actually, I have one for your audience that they can download as well from my Amazing. website. We can mention that later. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you. I'll definitely link that up and we'll we'll uh we'll get that the name of that again at the end. But so a, a couple of last questions that I wanted to ask you were so in terms of how it healed you and and how sleep can heal people. Uh can you talk a little bit about that because I know you you didn't want to talk about the negative side effects which I totally understand now after us talking about all of this. But can you talk about what someone can expect to feel and what, you know, I mean, besides just feeling amazing, like, what does it physiologically do when we can finally start to sleep on a, on a regular level that's enough for our own bodies? Yeah. So obviously, sleeping is necessary for, you know, a healthy body, healthy mind. But on that same sort of note of I don't like talking about the negative side effects. I also, it's kind of similar here to where yes, sleep can heal, but if you're having a hard time sleeping, I want you to also work on starting to heal yourself because when you heal yourself, you can also get better sleep. It's like that catch 22 mm. once again. And it's also something that I feel is really left out of like the insomnia conversation. And like, it's just like insomnia is the symptom, difficulty sleeping is the symptom, it's the side effect, it's not actually the root cause. And so really just kind of reflecting back and working on healing yourself first is going to help you get more sleep. And then you get into that positive feedback loop to where you feel better about yourself both day and night. And then you end up getting more sleep. And then it's just kind of like that ripple effect. Um, obviously, when you sleep more, you wake up with more energy, you have more mental clarity. And essentially, when you get into a deep sleep, it heals all of the cells in your body. And so that's just essential for feeling good overall and leading a long, healthy life. Yeah, yeah. So and I guess people can be doing both in tandem, right? Like it's yes. not like you have to try to heal and then you can attack the insomnia. You can do both. And if you do them simultaneously, it's going to even like it's going to get you the results even faster to an extent. Exactly. That's exactly what I teach. It's like when you can focus on training your brain to fall asleep through meditating and through some other methods and then also changing how you feel about sleep and talk about sleep and then also get into that root cause. When you do all of these three, three things simultaneously, that's when you really fast track your ability to mm -hmm. getting those results so much faster than if you're just, you know, trying things here and there, you know, trying that new sleep aid trend, that new natural supplement, but you're not actually, you know, approaching this from all angles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I like that you said earlier, it's a really holistic approach. So yeah, so I love that you, like you said, you approach this holistically. There's three different ways that you approach it. And even within your program, you have three sections, right? So with somebody like, I'm going to 
talk about your program because I think it's amazing. I think it's it's fantastic. I haven't seen very many people that really deal with this, which is kind of surprising because I, know. I, I would have imagined that there were like tons of people that are dealing with this. But can you give the audience a, like one or two tips that you would recommend that they could start to at least implement right away? Because I know you have a program, but it's I'm not sure if it's currently open or if you're going to be launching it again soon. But if somebody wants to try something now, could you give one or two tips that they could implement right away? Yes, absolutely. So like I say, it's not just what you do at night before you go to sleep. It's how you approach your entire day. And so the first thing that I really, really recommend is the morning, right after you get out of bed or actually stay in bed. Don't get out of bed yet when you're still in bed listen to a guided meditation audio and I we can link one up in the show notes. You can get my guided meditation if you'd like to download it at healinsomniafromwithin.com slash about consent. Awesome. But you can find these meditations, you know, anywhere on YouTube. There's different apps like Insight Timer. But it's so important to be cognizant of how you start your day because what most of us do, and like I have been super guilty of this, is we wake up, we look at our phone, we check our email, we look at our calendar, we go on social media, and we get wrapped up in all mm. of the noise. And so that kind of when you start your day that way, you're starting your day not really in control, you're starting it in a reactive state. And so when you start your day meditating, that way, you are already clearing your mind, and you're focusing in on how you feel how your body feels how your mind feels, and you can set your intention for how you want the day to go. And so you're already starting the day in control as opposed to being in that reactive state. So that's a huge part that I really, really recommend. And then on top of that, start thinking about sleep differently than you have in the mm. past. Don't say you have insomnia. This is one of the biggest mistakes. Don't call yourself an insomniac. Don't <laughs> say you have trouble sleeping. Like don't keep reinforcing what you don't want, right. if that makes sense. So instead, you could say things to yourself like, I'm getting better at sleeping every single day. Sleeping is a natural skill that I am just improving on. You know, just kind mm -hmm. of start talking to yourself in a way that gets you closer to that end goal. Because the more that you reinforce a certain idea, the more it'll seep into your brain. It seeps into your subconscious mind. And that's how you're going to start to overpower the insomnia that has been running in the background for so long. And so you start reminding your brain that, you know, you can fall asleep. And I especially recommend doing this at night. Like if you are trying to fall asleep, detach yourself from that and recognize, okay, insomnia isn't me. I am not insomnia. It is a behavior that my brain has decided is beneficial for me. And while insomnia may have been beneficial for me at some point in my life, it's not anymore. And so I can just recognize that, okay, my brain's trying to protect me right now, but I know that I'm safe, I'm calm, and start repeating to yourself that I am calm and it's okay to fall asleep and just kind of start to focus on your breathing and mm -hmm. remembering that insomnia isn't actually you, you know, it's not permanent and it's, it is able to move past it. I love that. Those are amazing tips. And I just want to quickly touch on each one of those because they, you had some, I mean, they're just, Amazing. Number one, I think I'm still guilty of waking up. And um, even though I do meditate first thing in the morning when I wake up, as soon as I'm done with that, then I check my phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, still really bad. But I did, I've noticed that it's made a huge difference for myself as well. Meditating in general has been amazing. 
But I think for a lot of people, it's really hard, especially if they've never done it. So I love that you offer guided meditations. And like you said, we're going to link that below. Thank you so much for adding that for our viewers or listeners rather. But it is really difficult for some people who have never tried it. So highly, highly recommend doing guided meditation. So I love that. And then too, like you said, it is about shifting that perspective of how we talk to ourselves, right? About what being an insomniac or not being an insomniac and and then shifting it to like different language that is is encouraging us subconsciously to know that we're we're shifting it, we're changing it. And I want to just say for those listeners who maybe try this once or twice and they feel like they're failing at it, like don't give up because it you know, these are patterns that we've developed for like you know, decades maybe. Yeah. And it it will take some time, right, to like shift these perspectives and, and ways of thinking. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. So especially for, you know, meditation, for example, I wasn't good at meditation when I started. Like my brain goes really, really fast. I talk really fast. My mind is throwing thoughts at me all day long. And so when I started meditating, it was a process, you know, it's to start with three minutes, five minutes, and then work your way up more and more. But Mm -hmm. um, it won't feel at the beginning. It's normal if you don't feel like you're meditating. It's normal if you just feel like you're sitting there with your eyes closed thinking about stuff. That's totally Mm -hmm. normal. Um, But over time, the more that you it's it's all about repetition and consistency, essentially. So that's why I recommend doing it every day and putting it into your routine so that it becomes a habit for you. Like now turning on my guided meditation in the morning, it's just habit. Like I just do it Mm -hmm. and you get better at it. And then the same thing with your internal dialogue and how you think about sleep. And the way that I like to look at this is we always want to model people who are successful at what we want to achieve, right? And so if you think about people who are natural sleepers, people who fall asleep naturally, how do they think about sleep? How do they feel about sleep? And like, the thing is, they don't, like, they don't think about it. And so it's kind of like that paradox again, where it's like, we want it so bad, but we have to remind ourselves that, okay, let's try to act like somebody who is a natural sleeper. And how do they think about it? Well, they don't worry about it. That's for sure. Right. Right. (laughs) That's That's true. Awesome. Well, The last question I wanted to ask you is uh, something that I ask my guests is what advice do you have for those who are listening in regards to the main topics that I discuss here, either consent, boundaries, or sexual empowerment? Absolutely. Boundaries is what's really speaking to me right now. It's something that I'm also always working on for myself because it's so easy to not have boundaries. And so it's something that we kind of have to consciously remind ourselves to take care of ourselves, that boundaries are necessary. Um, So one of the biggest things that I can recommend is to just surround yourself with positivity, even if it's just the type of content that you're watching or the content that you're listening to, and Mm -hmm. to make sure to cut out anything that doesn't make you feel good. You know, get rid of all the noise, get rid of all the negativity, even if it's just on social media, like unfollow anyone who doesn't bring you joy. I don't care if it's your family member, you know what I mean? Like create those boundaries in your everyday life to where the majority of what you read and listen to is empowering and positive and makes you feel good about yourself. And that also applies to sleeping as well, because the less negativity we have in our everyday lives, the easier it is for us to wind down at night and to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Yeah, Yeah. less stress, right? And I think that it's important to, yeah, to have those those strong boundaries and it takes time to develop them. So for all my listeners, 
this is something that I'm always encouraging is that it does take time to make these changes, but they are possible if we stay, you know, consistent and, and baby step progress is always important. So I love that advice about boundaries because it definitely falls in line with, uh, with what I'm always talking about. So thank you. Yeah. So how can people find you? Where can they connect with you and learn about your programs and your offers? Definitely. So I'm on Instagram at my name, Meredith Loudon, and I'm about to launch my YouTube channel. So that's going to be out very, very soon. It's probably going to be out by the time this episode is released on your podcast. So come subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's also just my name, Meredith Loudon, and I'm going to be having new videos coming out every week, specifically on how to heal insomnia and retrain your brain to fall asleep naturally. So YouTube is definitely the best place to come hang out with me. And then my website is healinsomniafromwithin.com. And that's where you can grab that guided morning meditation, which will be at healinsomniafromwithin.com slash about consent. So that's how you can find me. Awesome. 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 So, and of course, I will link all of that in the show notes so you can completely uh, click, click directly uh, to all of that and find her. And I'm excited about your YouTube channel. Congrats on launching that for 2020. Yep, 2020. I'll definitely <laughs> be checking it out. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with me and inviting the audience to change their perspective on sleep. And for me, I know that I'm definitely going to be uh, diving into your program because I still need this. I'm still struggling with it. Oh, yeah. uh, but, but I am, this was past me. So I am going to become better at sleeping. I'm going to envelop this new version of me that enjoys sleep. And yeah, I'm going to be excited to report on this in coming episodes, because I believe it is such an important part of our human experience. And so thank you so much for being here and spending your time with us. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so um, grateful to have the opportunity to come hang out with you and your audience. So if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. And I see that you already learned something about changing your relationship with sleep. You're <laughs> yeah. on the right path and you can do it. It's totally possible for you. Awesome. Well, listeners, thanks for being here. I will check in with you next week. Take care. Don't miss the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I would be so grateful if you took one minute to post a five-star rating and reviews on iTunes so that others can also find this information. I will be shouting you out and thanking you on the next episode. If you found this useful, be sure to share it with others as well. Let's continue to create consent culture, one conversation at a time. Stay empowered.